Hey folks, PC here from Wrestling With The Truth and Wrestling With The 80s. I'm glad you're enjoying another fantastic episode by Dwaylon and Steve. If you love the Armchair Booking Podcast, I think you'll enjoy my shows as well. Once you're done this episode, why don't you check out Wrestling With The Truth? It's a wrestling podcast that's a mixture of the modern product and old school memories from someone who's been a fan for 40 plus years. It's available on all your favorite podcasting apps and even on YouTube. Finally, if you're looking to relive the 80s, check out Wrestling With The 80s on YouTube as well, where I focus on old school matches, legendary territories, and crazy characters. And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any great content. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Armchair Book and Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Stunning Steve Barber. And if you notice on YouTube, uh, I'm actually running solo tonight. Uh, unfortunately, my awesome, wonderful co-host, Waylon, is unable to record. He let me know earlier today he has a really, really bad ear infection. And he cannot hear out of his left ear. And he just basically feels like crud. And so he... Hey, we waited until basically about five minutes ago and we decided, okay, you know, he's not able to record, uh, but it's also been over two weeks since we recorded. So we still need to get an episode out for our loyal listeners who thank you so much for uh, listening to us and or watching us on YouTube as it may. Uh, we really appreciate it. And thank you for being patient while we have both been kind of going through some stuff lately which prevented us from recording uh, in my case my wife had foot surgery uh the day after the last time we recorded and she has been laid up and i have been doing whatever i can to take care of her and so during she's okay enough now to where i am able to record uh, because i have been able to actually uh, leave for um i say short periods of time even though this past saturday i left for a few hours but my son was also here with her and i'll get into the reason why i left uh during the recording but you know so i have that going on and uh Dwaylin, as we announced on uh, one of the last episodes that we recorded uh Dwaylin's wife is also pregnant and she's still in the first trimester and so he was also doing what he can to help take care of her and also help uh take care of their business and you know, so we just a lot of things, you know, that we've always said uh, family comes first and we stand by that. So, uh, but we haven't been able to record, but we decided, okay, you know, if we decided that if we couldn't um, record as a team today, I'll just go ahead and give it a shot solo because I have also been recording my other podcast, the Cubicle Chat. I've been doing it solo and I've been getting some positive feedback. And Dwaylon also understands because he has his podcast, Intellectual Rockstar, which if you have never checked that out, go check it out. He does an awesome job at it. Uh, although the same 
the same things that have been keeping us from recording this podcast have also been keeping him from recording that podcast. And I was finally able to record an episode of Cubicle Chat uh, this past Friday, I believe. It was past Friday or Saturday, and it was the uh, the first episode I had recorded of that in in uh, two weeks. Actually, maybe even been longer than two weeks for that one. But we're trying to get back in the swing of things. We do appreciate everybody's patience. And for those watching on YouTube, you already see the T-shirt that I'm wearing. I actually bought that this weekend. It is for a friend of the show. She's also been a guest on the show at least three times. That is Big Mama, who is uh, a staple of the Northern Wrestling Federation. She really is, uh, I'll say, you know, she really is leading the women's revolution there. And I do realize Nikki Victory is a champ, but doing the champion doesn't make you the leader. And Big Mama will always be the leader. But even though Nikki Victory is amazing in the ring, if you've never seen her, go check her out. You can probably find her on, uh, I know she's been on AEW uh, Dark when they used to have that. And and she's actually wrestled some other indie shows here and there. But yeah, Nikki Victory is amazing. Um, But I'm actually rep- representing the Big Mama shirt. Uh, do want to get into some news before I discuss everything that's happened over the past couple of weekends when it comes to wrestling and me. Uh, first bit of news, this actually came out a few days ago. Jade Cargill has had her last match in AEW because she has now signed with WWE. And I hope she really does well. Um, hopefully, AEW. Uh, WWE figures out how to use her correctly because unfortunately they've had a track record of not using, I say women wrestlers, not just women wrestlers, but for some reason it seems like a lot of women wrestlers, they don't know how to utilize them correctly. And that'd be a shame, Jake Hargill, because she is very talented. She's got the look, she's got the, the, the promo skills. I mean, she's, uh, she is somebody that you could actually hit your wagon to and put the title on and she would do really well with that. And her last match for AEW was actually the rematch to where she lost her title to um was it Chris Statlander. And that last match was actually in Cincinnati. So uh, it was part of the the taping or recording for Rampage. Now that was on the 13th of September. Rampage came, uh, was shown on the 15th. So it was a recording for that, but I was actually there in the audience. So I actually was privileged to see Jade Cargo's last match in AEW. And it was still a really good match. And I mean, you kind of tell, you know, I, I think everybody knew she was leaving by that point. The rumors were already going around, but she still put on a really good match. And she and, um, Statlander, they actually hugged in the middle of the ring after it was over. So, I mean, you knew there was a lot of mutual respect there. Um, one of the things, and this is kind of a, a, an editorial opinionated comment about something. I don't know if, uh, who all knows, but Jade Cargill's husband is Brandon Phillips. Brandon Phillips, he w- was, um, he's a former major league baseball player, he played for the Reds for a while, and he also played for other teams. But, They've been married for however many years. They have a, a daughter together. But you didn't hear they a, you didn't really hear that mentioned all the time with the commentary for AW. They didn't say, Oh, here's Jade Cargill, wife of Brandon Phillips. Oh, let's let's talk about Brandon Phillips a lot. Okay, let's show Brandon Phillips out in the audience. You know why? 
because Jade's the the focal point of the story. That's who should we, we should be talking about. The reason I bring this up, and this is talking about football, totally different sport, totally different, uh, I guess, entertainment, whatever you want to call it. All these headlines that I kept seeing on football over this past weekend and last weekend were all about Taylor Swift because she is apparently dating was it Travis Kelsey for the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, good for them. Not really what people are wanting to tune in to see. And if you're trying to get more of an audience, a more diverse audience, by trying to get all the Swifties to come watch football, it won't last very long. I'm just going to say that, but um, just like I'm pretty, you know, most people don't want to see, okay, so he's dating somebody famous. Okay. You know, we saw this also a few years ago with Jessica Simpson and Tony Romo. Yeah, it was, it was a distraction. So, so let's just, Hey, football, NFL, take a cue from this. Jade Cargill stands on her own. Travis Kelsey stands on. They don't need to be just associated with somebody else. Now, Jade Cargill has left AEW, and now she's with WWE. On the flip side of that, just last night, we had the debut of Adam Copeland in AEW. Adam Copeland, of course, in WWE, he's known as Edge. And this was another one that everybody kind of saw coming anyway because his contract ran out, uh, you know, was it a few months ago, a couple months ago, a couple weeks ago in WWE. They had his last match, his farewell match on Raw. But his name was still listed on the WWE website. And then all of a sudden, a couple of days ago, it disappeared off the website. It was pulled. And last night, he did a run-in. Well, at the very end, he did a save. Sting was getting beat down by uh, Christian Cage. And, of course, you know Edge. Edge and Christian will always be associated with other uh, with each other. They were best friends growing up. They both had dreams of becoming wrestlers. They both pushed each other to become wrestlers. And they did, and they were an extremely successful tag team. They've also both had a lot of success as singles. And so maybe may say, Arguably, Edge had a little bit better run as singles, but then again, Christian or Christian Cage, as he's called outside of WWE, he's had his own success and he's done it in various companies, not just the one. But Christian Cage, Luchasaurus, and cannot remember the other guy's name, they were fairly given Sting a beatdown. And Christian Cage had the chair. He had a steel chair. It looked like, you know, he may have been wanting to do a concerto on Sting. And then all of a sudden, a video pops up on the screen. And I've actually, I, I did not watch the, the pay-per-view, but I've seen this bit of it. You can actually find it on YouTube. Video came up on the screen. It just showed somebody in a car. And it actually said something that said rated R, which is kind of a hint of who it was. Of course, Edge, Adam Copeland, the rated R superstar. And then the music hit. Well, actually, first it was, uh, you think you know me. And as soon as you heard that, you knew who it was. And 
Adam Copeland, of course, came out when the, the music actually hit, Metalingus by Alter Bridge. Great song, by the way, Alter Bridge, really good band. I like them a lot. He came out, and of course, the crowd went nuts. And Christian Cage is just staring at him. And Edge came in, and he got a chair, and it looked like he may have been doing the other half of the concerto, but then he turned around and whacked the other dude um, in the back with a chair. So he saved Sting, and he chased the other ones out. Christian Cage took off out of the ring. But to me, this is kind of fitting, because I think everybody, especially Edge and Christian, uh, they wanted to see them do one last run together, either as opponents or as partners before edge retired again, because edges, he had to retire once for medical reasons. He was actually told he'd never wrestle again. 11 years later, he actually came back. It's a, a pretty heartwarming story, but his run has not been the greatest. I mean, it wasn't horrible. I mean, it's a lot better than most people's, but he's gotten injured again a couple of times and, and he never really rose up above, you know, maybe upper mid-card status, in my opinion. But everybody wanted to see him and Christian finish up together. They started together. Christian actually inducted Edge into the Hall of Fame, WWE Hall of Fame. And so it only makes sense for them to get back together. And so now they are in some way, shape, or form. And I'm glad to see it. And uh, speaking of other things going on this past weekend, okay, let me actually jump to the weekend prior. All right. If you're on YouTube, you can actually see the two belts that are behind me. One is the, uh, the big gold, which was the old, um, it was the, it was at, when it first debuted, it was still the NWA world title. Later on became the WCW world title and then just became the world title. It's still referred to as the big gold. You used to see it still in WWE for a long time. Uh, but underneath that is the one that the big gold actually replaced. And this is the 10 pounds of gold, also known as the big gold dome. Because as you can see on the belt, it looks like a big dome on the very front of it. When I think about the NWA World title, this is actually the belt that I think of. I managed to buy that belt at a fan fest a year and a half ago. And I immediately, while I was there, uh, probably 10 minutes after I bought it, I was able to have former NWA World Champion Tommy Rich actually sign it. Uh, ironically, his booth was right next to uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's who is also a former NWA world champion. However, Ricky Steamboat held the other belt and I didn't have that belt yet. And that one, I don't actually know because the backing of it is it's doesn't look like it can be signed. Um, but if it can, maybe I can get him to sign it sometime. But, but yeah, so I had uh wildfire Tommy rich sign that belt. And then six months ago, another fan fest, took the belt with me. And those of you who are longtime listeners, longtime watchers, you already know that six months ago at another totally different fan fest, same location, well, same town anyways, in Chillicothe, different actually physical location, because instead of high school, it's actually at one of the, it's actually at the um, University of Ohio Chillicothe campus. But 
uh, I had the beast, Dan Severn. He signed it because he's another former NWA World Champion, and he held that belt. That's the thing. Uh, that, that's one of the things whenever you were having somebody sign a belt like that, especially an older belt like that, the really the unspoken rule and written rule, but makes sense is the person signing it should have actually held that belt at some point in their career, which Dan Severn did. Now the NWA obviously is not as big as what it was back in the golden age of wrestling back in the, um, the eighties, because then there was a split and, uh, Ted Turner, of course, bought Jim Crocker promotions and then there was another split. It uh, There's a lot of poli- uh, wrestling politics involved. The NWA kind of became a separate thing. And all of a sudden it was, and just was not as good as, and not as prominent as what it was before. And then Shane Douglas kind of did some damage. Shane Douglas actually held that belt. And if he was there, if I'd actually met him, I should have had him sign it too. Maybe. Not sure. I'm still not sure what to think about that one. But um, back Two months ago, I think I was able to get another signature on that same belt. And that was at the Northern Wrestling Federation, Summer Sizzler. Now, if you know your history of the Northern Wrestling Federation, if you've listened to this show, if you watch this show enough, you know that some of the distinguished alumni from the Northern Wrestling Federation, people who've actually been through their training school and bone crushers and they were trained up by Roger Ruffin and then, uh, and a lot of the other trainers, but some of the ones who've actually gone to do really, really well in wrestling, um, include people like, uh, Carl Anderson, they include people like Jillian Hall. But in this particular case, I'm talking about the monster abyss, um, former NWA world champion. And he also held that belt. So when they had the summer sizzler, I took the belt with me. Yes, I was one of those. I was in the the audience. Actually, I didn't just have the, the belt constantly displayed. I had a backpack with me so I could carry it. But I had the belt with me and Abyss actually signed it. So now there were three signatures. Well, last weekend, right about 10 minutes away from my house, in the town of Williamsburg, Ohio. There's another another company that's located in Cincinnati. Uh, used to be called Ascend Pro Wrestling. Now they are called Spot Monkey Promotions. We've actually mentioned them on the show before. And so they are, I want to say rivals with the NWF, but there are some wrestlers who actually do shows for Spot Monkey that are from the NWF. So I'm guessing that it's kind of cooled down as far as any kind of uh, tension. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe somebody can actually let me know what that's all about. Well, every year, right about this time, they actually do a collaboration with uh, this high school, Williamsburg high school, which is in Williamsburg, Ohio, which is about 10 minutes away from uh, where I live. You know, so the Mount Orb shows for the NWF are 10 minutes one way. This show is 10 minutes the other way. Well, the main event for this one was the current NWA, National Wrestling Alliance World Champion, EC3, 
defending his title against a NWF, um, like mainstay almost, but Lord Crew. And trying to get Lord Crew on the show, by the way. I had actually sent him an email and I talked to him on that Saturday and I was like, Hey, I sent you an email. He's like, you did. I was like, yeah. He's like, he looked and he said, Oh man. He said, you sure did. Didn't you? He said, I am so sorry because, and if you know, Lord Crow, he is a stand up guy, but I'd love to have him on the show. Um, great dude, but he was actually challenging for the NWA world title. Now, when I mentioned earlier about seeing Jade Cargill on the taping of rampage, well, earlier, same taping and for those of you who actually watched the rampage you've seen lord crew and he came out of course everybody there in the audience was all just yelling including me crew crew because you know we know him and uh, there was a lot of nwf um personnel there and of course they were just going nuts you know just seeing him in there in the AEW ring and then he got squashed it was a it was a tag team match but he and his partner got squashed I was personally, I didn't like it. Even though when I talked to crew about it, he even said, look, the paychecks cash the same. Okay. You know, I mean, that's his outlook on it. He has a positive outlook about it. Uh, but he went from that to a week and a half later, he's challenging uh, the NWA world champion for that prestigious belt. And I was talking with him before and um, his mom was actually there as well. But he was telling me how he'd been talking to his mom about it and, you know, just telling her how uh, much of a big deal this was because of the history uh, of that particular championship. And it's true. And, you know, I was um, I was happy for him to, you know, be able to have this opportunity to actually challenge for that belt. I mean, it doesn't matter. Um, You don't go, oh, well, don't you? It's fake. No, it doesn't matter. I mean. It doesn't matter if it's predetermined or not. The fact that he was being put in the main event, they actually thought of him highly enough to say, hey, we're going to make you a contender for the the most prestigious, or it used to be the most prestigious title, the one with the most history in all of professional wrestling. I mean, that's a huge deal. But um, EC3 actually signed this belt as well. Had my picture taken with him and my good friend Randy, uh, also known as Rescue Randy, he was there with me as well. And so we had our picture taken with EC3. Uh, I have posted the picture on social media. Uh, the first picture, though, I did not post because we I looked down and EC3 was actually holding the NWA, the, the actual title they're using, the actual belt. He was holding it upside down and he didn't realize it. And so I was like, hey, dude, the belt's upside down. He's looking at me, he's kind of laughing like, whoops. But he seemed like he was a pretty good dude, by the way, EC3. I didn't know a lot about him. I still really don't know a ton about him. But he, I could tell he's good. He is very good. And uh, part of the the action that actually happened in that match, before their match, before that even started, Crew was introduced first. And, of course, he came out. And then he was attacked by somebody who he's feuding with in that organization. They attacked him, hurt his leg. And then of course, EC3 came out. Then he asked crew, do you want to keep going? He said, you can give up. There's no shame in it. And crew, if you know crew, he's not going to give up anyway. They had the match and EC3 didn't end up winning. 
And, you know, but then the same guys, and I really wish I could remember who it was because it was this guy and his manager who actually attacked crew. We see three jump back in the ring and he chased them off. And that's, but he did tell crew, he's like, you were down. He said, you only have one good leg and you took the NWA world champion to the absolute limit on one leg. He's like, you were definitely going to get a rematch. And he said, because I mean, you earned it. And just to see that and just, you know, I mean, I'll say I'm, I'm, you know, uh, friends with crew, you know, because I mean, we actually, um, we're on like personal, you know, not just his Lord crew page, but his actual personal Facebook page, you know, we we're friends on Facebook and every time I, you know, see him, you know, um, he always, you know, shakes my hand. Hey, good to see you. Ask me how I'm doing. And, you know, he's actually asked me about the po- how the podcast is going. And then we actually, we talk music sometimes because crew's a metalhead and we talk about different concerts and things like that. So, I mean, uh, but he was a good dude and I, and I was very glad to see him in that match, despite, you know, the outcome not, not being what I would have preferred, but, but I mean, I get it. I mean, you know, but yeah, definitely keep your eye on, uh, Lord crew in the future because he's been on AW dark tapings. And now of course he's been on AW rampage. Uh, and he's done some other stuff. He's traveled all over the country to wrestle and, um, he just, just a good dude all around for a lot of reasons. Um, but that was last weekend. This past weekend, and when I say this past weekend, I mean literally two days ago, I went to another fan fest up in Chillicothe. Once again, ran by um, uh, Bobby Fulton, and always puts on a a good good event. Um, I've been to four of them now. I've only stayed for the wrestling for one of them. And that was the first one. Um, and it's not that I don't want to see the wrestling, but it's also an hour and a half away. The other, um, the last two times I went, I had my son with me and he really didn't want to stay to watch the wrestling. It also makes it for a pretty late night by the time we get home. And um, this time I didn't stay for the wrestling because as I mentioned, my wife had foot surgery she still kind of laid up and yes, he was helping her some, but at the same time, I didn't want to stay there. I didn't want to have to put that on him, you know, being all the 12 years old, at least for another couple of days, he'll be 13 here, you know, shortly in a, in a few days. I didn't want to have to put that on him to take care of her. And if something happened, you know, to her, uh, if she fell, um, while she was trying to get, you know, use her knee scooter to get around the house, get to just to the bathroom, I didn't want to put that on him. So I decided not to stay uh, for the wrestling. I also decided not to go to Covington to watch the NWF show that they had going on down there Saturday night. Of course, here's the, um, kind of the wild thing about that at the fan fest that was going on in Chillicothe. Um, so the people who had their booths set up were, of course, big mama, because she actually had a match there. She's had a match at every single one of the fan fests that they've had. Um, yeah, and she's actually the, the big time championship wrestling women's champion. And I don't know if that's the official title of it, but I mean, you know, she is their champion. And, uh, so she was there. She was going to be wrestling. So she wasn't going to be in Covington either, 
But another friend of the show, uh, repeat guest, Wildcat Chris Harris, was also there. But he actually told me he was going to try to book it back down to Covington. And when I say, I mean, it's a little bit of a haul to get from Chillicothe, Ohio to Covington, Kentucky. I mean, you're, you know, you're talking at least a two hour drive, at least. And, you know, so, um, well, maybe not that far, but either way, I mean, it's a little bit of a haul to get there. I don't know if he made it or not, uh, but I did, you know, he asked me if I was going to go and I told him about, I said, I can, I said, I got to make sure my wife is taken care of. And I mean, and he got it. I mean, cause Chris Harris, um, the person, I mean, is actually just a super good dude. Uh, become friends with him and his wife, Shannon, you know, she's awesome and I'm glad to see them. But the, the fan fest itself, um, I actually didn't, I wasn't planning on staying a real long time. I did end up staying a little bit longer than what I was expecting, but it was once again, a really, uh, cool experience with meeting some of the wrestlers who I did meet. Um, and, and being able to just sit and just talk with them, you know, when I could, uh, cause sometimes, I mean, it's, you know, if you have a long line, you can't, um, you can't monopolize somebody's time. If they have a long line of other people who are also there waiting to get an autograph or waiting to get a picture or, uh, something of that nature. But, um, one of the things that I was able to get, cause I was kind of looking at merchandise they had there. I was, I was looking at maybe, um, I was hoping that they had another, they have not had any good belts there since, uh, the first one I went to. And that one actually had a couple more belts. I really wish I'd have gotten, but I mean, it, they're not exactly cheap. And so, but they didn't have, they haven't had any of the belts that I've been wanting, you know, the last uh, three. But one of the things, and I pointed out, it's right there, you know, for those watching on YouTube, if you look, it's a Funko Pop. And this one has the Million Dollar Med Man, Ted DiBiase, and IRS, Mike Rotunda. And of course, they were known as Money Incorporated. I bought that from them and they autographed it. And uh, Mike Rotunda actually, um, he wrote Leighton and Steve. And now, and my granted, hey, now he misspelled Leighton, but it's no big deal. I mean, it's not the first time this happened. Um, but that was really cool. We got to meet them. Didn't really talk to them a, a real long time because they actually had a little bit of a line of people because, I mean, they're, uh, they've, they're both pretty famous and people, people still know who the million dollar man is. Um, I did pass along my condolences to Mike Rotunda. You know, I did it kind of quietly. I didn't, I didn't say, Hey, you know, you know, but I just, I did it real quietly and he told me, thank you. And I think that was a case that if Mike Rotunda had decided he wasn't going to go, I don't think anybody would have faulted him. Um, cause for those who don't know, of course, Mike Rotunda, um, is the father of, uh, Wendell Rotunda, also known as Bray Wyatt, who passed away uh, about a month ago, you know, just unexpectedly. And you can also see, I have a couple of Bray Wyatt figures back there as well. Um, and for Mark trying to show up, I mean, he, you know, um, and maybe this is a way for him to get his mind off of, but like I said, I mean, I, I just told him really, really quietly. I didn't want to make a, a spectacle of it because that's just not something that you just, you're not loud when you do things like that. I didn't want to draw attention to it. But some of the other ones that I met, 
I, of course, met uh, Tito Santana. And, yeah, meet me, Tito was kind of cool. But then he actually, um, one of the funny things was he asked me, hey, you know, do you follow me on Facebook or anything like that? I said, oh, yeah, I said, you and I are friends on Facebook, which we are. I and mean, this is like his real name. You know, his real um, name is um, Merced Solis. And I said, yeah, I said, we, we've been friends on Facebook for, you know, a few months. He's like, all right, cool. And, you know, I, um, I did talk to him about coming on the podcast. Uh, sorry, Tito, I can't afford it. And I can, if anybody wants to know, Tito charges uh, a little bit uh, for podcast appearances. Uh, so probably have to pass on him. But uh, but even before, actually before Money, Inc., one of the wrestlers who I've been wanting to meet for, you know, ever since I was a kid. And finally got a chance to meet him because he actually really doesn't travel a lot. But as soon as I say who it is, I mean, you'll understand why, if you know your wrestling history. But that's uh, Terry Allen, also known as Magnum TA. Uh, of course, Magnum was in a really bad uh, car wreck back in 1986. And doctors actually told him then he'd never walk again, um, which he did ended up walking again because, I mean, he was in such great, great physical shape. Uh, that's actually um, probably the reason why he wasn't worse off than what he was. Um, but he never did wrestle again. And even there at this event, you could see the big brace on his leg. And he had trouble with his, his right arm because whenever he would, you know, reach out the hand for a handshake, he would always shake with his left hand, which, of course, you I mean, you know, normally you don't shake with your left hand. But for him, he really couldn't move his right arm. Now, Tully Blanchard was supposed to be sitting beside him at the time. Tully wasn't there yet. Uh, I've actually met him before, Tully Blanchard. He's actually a nice guy. Uh, I, so I kind of wish I would have waited to kind of meet both of them together. Um, because if you know the history of those two, I mean, they had one of the greatest cage matches of all time. They had the greatest I quit match of all time. Uh, even though Tully never said I quit, go look it up. He never said I quit. Magnum and I talked about that for a little bit, but, but Magnum, uh, he seemed to be a, uh, pretty cool guy. Um, he told me to hit him up for a possible podcast appearance. Uh, so we'll have to see how that goes. He didn't listen, listen to your rates or anything like that, but we'll have to see how it goes. I'd love to have him on the show. But some of the other ones, Matt Greg the Hammer Valentine, he had uh, the Intercontinental title with him. And I was able to take my picture holding the title with him. Um, the living legend, Larry Zabisco. Larry Zabisco, man, he's a very friendly guy. Uh, he's a talker. I'll tell you right now, <laughs> man, he is definitely a talker. Uh, I talked to him about coming on the podcast, and he told me his rate, and so his is a lot more doable. I just put <laughs> like that. Um, met Axis Smash uh, from Demolition, also known as the Mass Superstar and Crusher Crew Chef. Um, or Bill Eady is the mass superstar or Axe, his real name. Barry Darso is Smash's uh, real name. But uh, I met them and they actually had kind of uh, their reaction when I asked them about doing podcast appearances actually kind of caught me off guard. I said, Hey, do you know, do you podcast? You do, do you do podcast appearances? And Bill Eady actually said, We don't on the advice of our lawyer. 
and that kind of that caught me off guard. And they said they they had experiences where people were um, attributing things being said that they didn't say. And I didn't get the details, um, but it it sounds like a case of some maybe some shady editing on a podcast that they appeared on before. Um, and I don't want to speculate too much. So, but I mean, it was also really cool. Uh, meeting them and uh, next team that I met was Faces of Fear Haku or Ming or King Tonga and the Barbarian and if you follow me on Facebook my personal page on Facebook uh, which I I will probably have had this picture put on the armchair booking page as well on Facebook because I definitely had it put on the Twitter page, you know, at booking armchair. The picture what I took with them, it has Ming. He is choking me out. Now he did, he actually did that to everybody when they're taking the picture, but um, for some reason I guess people decided they want Ming choking them out. And once again, if you know anything, if you keep up with wrestling at all, you know Ming. Haku, whatever you know, you want to call him, King Tonga, is considered to be the toughest, like legitimately tough people in wrestling. As in, you know, not inside the ring. We're talking like outside the ring, like real fights. The stories of him are legendary, where he's pulled uh, people's teeth out of their mouth, just reached up and just grabbed and pulled where he snapped handcuffs from cops where they, you know, arrested him because somebody would start, he wouldn't start the fights, you know, somebody else was starting to fight with him. And then one of the things that would set him off is, you know, you get up in his face and say, Hey, I think what you do is fake. He doesn't take too kindly to that because this is how he feeds his family. And now you're insulting him. But uh, there's other stories. He almost pulled wrestler, Jesse Barr. He almost pulled his eye out uh, for real. Um, and this was because, you know, Jesse Barr had thrown some guy in a ditch and Ming wasn't, exa- um, didn't take too kindly to that. And Jesse Barr just got in his face. And so Ming almost pulled his eyeball out. Um, there's cases where he bit a guy's nose, but yeah, he's just legitimately tough. But they, I mean, you know, the little bit I got to talk to him seemed like a real nice guy. I actually talked to Barbarian for a few minutes. Uh, because Ming was, he was signing some autographs for whoever was in front of me, you know, but I was sitting there just talking to the barbarian and I was telling him about how I remembered the first time I ever saw him was in mid Atlantic. Uh, it was on a mid Atlantic taping and he interfered, you know, this is on TV. He interfered in a match where the masked assassin was battling, uh, an enhancement guy, a jobber guy. And well, the barbarian, nobody knew who he was. All of a sudden, he came in the ring and attacked the assassin, and he did some flying headbutts. And I just remember back then, you know, he he kind of resembled Road Warrior Animal, but you could tell it wasn't Animal, you know, because they they kind of had the same haircut. But the barbarian, he was actually telling me, he's like, "Oh, he's our brother." I was so nervous before that. I was so nervous, you know, having to do this and then working with all these. These guys, and because he ended up being part of uh, Paul Jones' army, I think before Paul Jones even calling his army, but he was, uh, of course, aligned with Paul Jones as his manager. 
and at the time, of course, I was a big Jimmy uh, Boogie Woogie Man Valiant fan, and he had this long five-year feud with Paul Jones. So if there's somebody associated with Paul Jones, automatically I hated him. I told him that, and he laughed. You know, uh, he's like, yep. Well, you know, and just just seemed like a super cool chill dude. That also somebody else that you really don't want to mess with in person. Um, but that was just really a cool thing to meet them. And then when Ming looked at my shirt, of course, I'm, you know, I was wearing an armchair booking t-shirt, you know, gotta, gotta promote the brand. He's like, oh, what is this armchair booking? I said, oh, it's my podcast. He's like, ah, oh, everybody's got a podcast now. And, you know, but yeah, they won't come on the podcast. They don't do podcast appearances. Um, met Rikishi. Uh, his was actually a pretty good deal because for the money that you paid for him, and they also took card. It wasn't just cash. A lot of the fan fests, unfortunately, they they take cash. They they will not take card. But Rakesh actually took card. But but for the price, you got the picture that's taken with him. You got an autograph picture, and you got a T-shirt, a free T-shirt that uh, I, I might wear that the next time because they didn't have any three X's. They did have some two X's, but it has, of course, the Usos on it. Um, Pop that camera for a second. For those of you who are watching on video, that's the shirt right there. Um, as you can tell, I mean, it has uh, Rikishi, it has both the Usos, it has Solo Sokoa, and it has Roman Reigns. And at the bottom, it says Tribal War. And on the back of it, it just has. Like holding up the finger that says "We the We them one We the ones," but that that was actually really cool. Great bargain um, for that. Uh, I met Jimmy Garvin and Ronnie Garvin, former NBA World Champion Ronnie Garvin, uh, and that was the thing. If anybody actually there would have signed that the big gold belt, Ronnie Garvin would have been it because he's also a former NWA World Champion. And that's the belt he held was the big gold, not the big, not the ten pounds of gold, but. They actually don't do podcasts, which is a shame because I mean I think both those guys, you know, would have a lot of a lot of good stories to tell. Uh, but some of the other ones who were there that I did not meet, um, because I mean you really are limited. Uh, of course, the big the big star of the show was Bret Hart. Uh, he had a line that was just wrapped, literally wrapped around the the, the balcony of the gymnasium we were at. Um, and he was actually sitting in the same place where Sting was sitting six months ago. But they're the main ones. Um, and I'm also thinking, man, I'm in the wrong career field. If all I you know, have to do is just sit there and sign autographs, have a picture taken with people, and charge at a minimum $140 a person. And there was at least 200 people there. Do the math. That dude just made some, made some pretty good money uh, for what he was doing. But Bret Hart was there. Of course, Tommy Wildfire Rich was also there. Him and Austin Idol. Um, uh, the Godfather or, or the Good Father or Papa Shango or my personal favorite Soul Soul Taker. He was Charles Wright. He was there along with um Mark Henry. They actually were sitting together. Uh, the Boogeyman was there. Harry Smith, who is British Bulldog. Um, David Boy Smith is his son. Uh, Vampiro was there. Uh, there there was some other ones. I'm just trying to remember everybody because, I mean, I just didn't have 
you know, the money to actually kind of meet everybody. Cause I will say this, the cost of getting autographs and pictures has gone up. In fact, I want to say inflation must have really hit that because every price seemed to be about 50% higher than what it was the last time. But yeah, still a really good time. If you ever get a chance to go to the one of the fan fests, especially that particular one um, in Chillicothe, because Bobby Fulton, um, Jimmy Hines, that's his real name. He actually he puts it on, you know, twice a year, and he he does it. it they raise money for uh, local charities, uh, for an auction house where they, um, you know, which also pumps money into other charities. And it's a really fun time, and especially if you like you know, some of the old school. Uh, wrestlers if you like meeting them because i can just tell you some of the ones that i've met you know the, the four times that i've gone you know which include like you know ricky steamboat and include uh barry windham who actually was not there this past weekend he was scheduled to be there i didn't see him so if he came there it was after i left um but you know jj Dillon and uh you see some of the other ones um nikita koloff that was that one was one i just still uh, blows my mind you know one of the coolest experiences i've ever had um bill after is another one um kevin sullivan sam houston uh baby doll mention sam houston you gotta mention his ex-wife nicola roberts also known as baby doll uh but then his brother jake the snake roberts uh met him just it, it's so much fun going to one of those and if if you're a wrestling fan i definitely recommend it and you see all the other people, you know, all these other wrestling fans, and you say, "Yeah, cool, you know, we're we're this one kind of a big happy family." But one of the things that also was going on Saturday night, and I actually totally forgot it was going on, but I've actually heard about uh, some of the results, was the the NXT um, Premium Live event, formerly known as a pay per view, but it was uh, No Mercy, and. I've already seen some of the results um, and just seeing the lineup, to be honest with you, I mean, the lineup alone looks like, man, this is going to be a, um, a really, really stacked card. And just to um, talk about some of the matches that were um, at defined, um, the matches that were, that happened, um, you know, we're talking like Dominic Mysterio, of course, was defending the North American title. And, you know, he ended up losing it to Trick Williams. I'm not familiar with Trick Williams, but you know what? I mean, he he must be highly thought of because, I mean, he's already holding the title. And, and Dominic Mysterio, he's actually gotten to the point he doesn't necessarily need that title right now. Um, because it's an NXT title and he's part of uh, Judgment Day where, I mean, they're holding like the main roster titles. And so I kind of got, yeah, he held a title. They want to have, have all the titles, but at the same time, uh, it would make, to me, it would make more sense to hold the main roster titles. Uh, Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker um, had a match. I would have loved to seen that one. Um, and I can still go back and watch it, obviously, on, on Peacock. And you just had some other ones, um, Becky Lynch over Tiffany Stratton for the, because Becky Lynch is the NXT women's uh, champion right now. And which honestly, I don't get that. Becky Lynch should be doing stuff main roster, not, not the developmental brand. 
You're doing it to get ratings. All right, whatever. But, um, but I will have to go back and watch that one. Um, and the next WWE pay-per-view, of course, is Fastlane. That one, that one's coming up next weekend. That one's also looked like it's going to be a very, very stacked card. Uh, it's going to be good. Um, I think part of this is due to the management changes that have happened within WWE over the past few weeks. All the news coming out of there, which, by the way, I'd be remiss not to mention all the releases um, that happened in WWE right after all the management changes happened, which we knew as fans, the internet wrestling community, the IWC, we knew it was to be expected. Some of the names were, some of the names weren't a surprise, but there were some names that caught everybody off guard, especially like Dolph Ziggler. Um, I, I can see Dolph Ziggler going to AEW because his brother's already there uh, to begin with. So it makes sense to kind of put them together. Uh, Elias, which if you've been keeping up with Elias's personal page, Elias has apparently became a born again Christian. So he's putting his focus on other things. It looks like besides wrestling. And so, um, just from a personal standpoint, because I mean, I, I've talked about it before, I mean, I'm also a Christian and, you know, so, um, I'm happy for him as well, but, um, but he's, looks like he's doing maybe something other than wrestling. I don't know. Maybe definitely you have a character change. We'll have to see. Um, but Mustafa Ali, Mustafa Ali, that shouldn't have been that much of a surprise because he had tried to leave WWE in the past couple of years, but they would not let him out of his contract. Um, but now it was a little bit of shock because he was supposed to have a match. Um, at in fact, he was supposed to be going against Dominic Mysterio for the North American title at No Mercy. Then all of a sudden, the last minute, they had to change it. But yeah, I mean, there was a lot of other names on there. Uh, Dana Brooks won. I mean, I know she hadn't been utilized a lot, but at the same time, Dana Brooks to me is very talented, and I hope she can uh, she can land somewhere. And just to show, I mean, how good she is, and she's been through, you know, uh, you know, she's been through the ringer, but a lot of uh, she's had a lot of tragedy happen in her personal life, and you know, and I hope you know she can uh, really find somewhere where she can. Um, stand out because she is really good, I think. But one of the things, though, that also happened Saturday night, I mentioned it before, was the Northern Wrestling Federation had their, uh, their a show down in Covington at Hits. We've, you've heard us talk about it before. That's a, actually one of their main places. It's where they have like, their big events, like their Summer Sizzler, where they had the Women's Revolution. Uh, the second annual Women's Revolution was also this place because I mean, it's a big, it's a big venue you know, for, for indie wrestling, but it's a, it's a big place. You could fit a lot of people in there and I was not able to make it apologize. But apparently one of the things I missed was a gentleman who was just on the show. Uh, it was actually to promote summer sizzler. And that was star rider star rider turned heel. Um, I, kind of had a feeling it was going to happen because he was going against I think it was Rex and you know when you have two faces for no reason having a match more than likely one of them's going to turn heel and so I kind of wondered you know especially since 
Adam Swayze just churned face and rejoined Rex. So they're part of the the Hollywood Blondes or Box Office Blondes, which, by the way, I actually bought one of their shirts at the event in Williamsburg. And finally, um, but Adam Swayze just turned face. And so it wouldn't make any sense for them to turn heel also because they're also the tag team champions again uh, for the NWF. And yeah, so I was like, huh, I was like, okay, maybe they're turning star. Yeah, sure enough, they turned him heel. But part of that, in a way, kind of makes sense uh, because the Star Rider also wrestles for Ohio Valley Wrestling, OVW, down in Louisville. And apparently he actually is a heel there already. And so for him uh, to turn heel in Cincinnati, which is only two hours away from Louisville, that way he can kind of maintain that continuity. I mean, it just kind of makes sense. And and to be honest with you, for a lot of wrestlers, switching from one side to the other, as long as you don't do it too often, um, big show. And that's not his fault. He's just doing what he was told. But as long as, you know, somebody doesn't switch too often, a switch from heel to face, face to heel, can be kind of a a shot in the arm. All of a sudden, because you're going to get that attention. Oh, my God, you were... You know, everybody loved you. You were a good guy. Now you're a bad guy. You know what's going on. And so uh, you may get a little bit of a career boost. And plus, I mean, it also, I would say, helps with the experience. No one had to wrestle as a face. No one had to wrestle as a heel. Because if you look at the vast majority of the legendary wrestlers, they usually at some point had worked both sides of the, the fence. The only ones I can think of off the top of my head who only worked face, and I'm pretty sure there were other ones, but um, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was a face his entire career. Tito Santana, as far as I know, was a face his entire career. And they both obviously did extremely well. Uh, but people say, well, what about this? So Dusty Rhodes started as a heel. Then he became a face, a very popular face. And then Dusty Rhodes actually turned heel again, joined the NWO. It didn't make any sense. That's another story. Ric Flair, depending on what territory he's in, he was, you know, that, that told, you know, he was a heel almost everywhere except for the Carolinas. Carolinas, he was a face until, you know, of course, they broke Dusty's ankle and he joined and they formed the Horsemen and he, and and all that. But I honestly, I, I'm pretty sure somebody, you know, please email me armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com and let me know of any other ones, especially ones who stayed heel. I'm pretty sure, you know, there was somebody, but everybody I could think of at some point they had people cheering them for, because of the other heel they may have been going against in a particular match. Cause thinking of Bill the Butcher, uh, no, uh, Abby, I mean, he, he actually was kind of a face just depending on who he was going against. Bruiser Brody, same way. Kamala, you know, uh, Oh, well, maybe Kamala was a heel everywhere. I don't know. Somebody email me, hit me up, let me know. But one of the things about Star Rider, and the reason I bring him up, because him wrestling in OVW, you know, as well as the NWF, the OVW is the featured organization on a, a show on Netflix. It was actually filmed um, 
last year, almost a year ago, exactly, because they, they actually run through the dates uh, on the show. There's the show has seven episodes, but it's called uh, Wrestlers. And it actually follows uh, this, the OVW and some of the things they're going through. They're trying to help bring the company back up because the company was actually in danger of shutting down. And then they were, they were purchased by a man named Matt Jones. He's big in um, like Kentucky sports broadcasting. And he's um, got, a lot, got enough money that he was able to, him and a partner actually purchased OVW, but of course now he's part of OVW. So now he's there, but they, they were showing like actual meetings, not just, you know, okay, I'm going to talk with her. No, it was actually like business meetings with them. And this was a, I mean, this was an actual true documentary and they show Al Snow. Uh, if you remember WWE back, you know, during the attitude era, Al Snow was really big then. And then he was also one of the, uh, the head trainers on the show tough enough. Uh, but Al Snow, he's been running OVW now for a few years, and you know they show him um, quite a bit. But the the show itself has now brought a lot of visibility to OVW, and it's become very very popular, especially amongst wrestling fans. Because then I also found out because I'd had the uh, you can actually watch OVW every Thursday, uh, seven o'clock Eastern time, on the Fight TV app. I actually have had the Fight TV app on my phone for probably a year. I had no idea you could do that. I found that out, and so I actually started watching OVW. But, yeah, definitely check that out. I mean, it's a a fantastic uh, show, you know, and, and it's a documentary, and it pulls no punches. Uh, you see, like, dynamics with family, you know, the mother and daughter who are both wrestlers, and it, you know, but they didn't always have the best relationship growing up, and that, that's a shoot. I mean, that's not something I'm, that was a storyline. No, I mean, they, you know, this has actually brought them a little closer, and, um, you know, you see some of the problems that some of them have had with uh, drugs, and you see, you know, other ones like just relationship, like real relationship issues, and then you see the struggles for the promoters and everybody where they're trying to get uh, more eyes on product and they're trying to get more people to watch, you know, because it only helps them because I mean, it really, it, it's still a business. And so they're trying to grow the business and, um, and it's just a really super good show. Go check it out. You'll like it, especially if you're a wrestling fan, you'll really like it. Um, and actually, I just want to give a, another shout out to my boys over at the Dad World Order podcast. They actually had Al Snow on their show uh, last week, uh, or actually this past weekend. And that was actually um, really cool to see that because I'm friends with those guys, and I'm really happy that they were able to to get um, Al Snow on there. And um, Mike, uh, he actually, Magnificent Mike, he actually told me, yeah, how hard it was to get them. I mean, they, so it's not just something that, that anybody could just call out Snow and say, Hey, can you come on my podcast? I mean, no, there's, um, Mike actually happens to know somebody and they were, and you have to build that trust issue. And they knew they they were not just a fly by night thing or the way Larry Zabesco, when I talked to him about being on the podcast and he was laughing, he could tell, thankfully, that I wasn't like what he was describing. He said so many 
you know, you say, oh, I get to do a podcast. And it's just some teenage boy living in his parents' basement. And I was laughing. I was like, no, I said, this isn't, I said, this is definitely not the podcast like that. <laughs> I said, not like that, but, but hopefully we can get Larry Zabesco on here um, soon. I mean, I don't know what the timeline would be, but, you know, but we're in talks. So I just leave it at that because he gave me his email address. He told me to email him. So I will have to do that. But along with wrestlers, the the show wrestlers, which is on Netflix, um, that that was a documentary. You know, it's a true life documentary. But the other show, which is about wrestling, which was not a documentary, it was an actual, you know, episodic show. Well, I say episodic is only it had they only had two seasons and eight episodes per season. And it's a show heels, which was on Stars. It just had its um, last episode for this season a couple weeks ago. Then a week later, we got the notification that Heels has been canceled. It was going to, supposed to have a season, uh, a third season and beyond, but no, it's been canceled. And a lot of us who were fans of the show, or wrestling fans, are wondering why. Why was it canceled? I mean, were they not getting ratings? Because uh, that show, I mean, if it, if it's ended, if it's really done, because I, I have read where the the producers of the show or basically the creators of the show, they are in talks with other networks trying to get the show uh, back on there, which which not would not be the first time a show's ever done that. Because think about the show Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai started out on YouTube Red, remember that, and nobody watched it because nobody had YouTube Red. But they moved it to Netflix, and it became the hottest thing since Sunburn. Hopefully, the same thing can happen with Heels. Uh, that uh, because the show, if it if it's done, it ended on a, an extreme cliffhanger, and I'm not going to spoil it. But I mean, you'd have to definitely go watch it. Um, the second season uh, did a really good job of expanding on a lot of these things happening. In the first season, which the first season did leave a lot of questions. Okay, why is this going? I mean, like good questions, you know, make you want to that would make you want to watch the show again. And when now all of a sudden the it's on a huge cliffhanger. I actually saw a few cliffhangers. And so I'm going, okay, I can't wait for the next season. And then they come in, oh, no, sorry, it's canceled. Oh, thanks. But um, along with the DWO, by the way, I want to give some other shout-outs. Um, give a shout-out to Ted, the Hillbilly Hill. Ted actually appeared on my cubicle, cubicle Chat show. And we were discussing just villains, villains in movies, villains in TV shows, villains in comics, just because that's what Ted, you know, he's, uh, he specializes in heels because people don't want to talk about heels, but Ted is, is a very good analyst when it comes to wrestling and just a very good analyst period when it just comes to uh, characters and just life in general. And we had a excellent discussion about that. Um, my boy, BC Hunter with, Wrestling with the Truth, Wrestling with the War, Wrestling with the 80s. Uh, he does an awesome job on all the shows, both audio and on YouTube. Um, definitely go, go check him out. And, you know, BC also has his Facebook group, which he has. He posts a lot in there, a lot of good questions. And if you're a fan of the old school stuff like I am, I mean, you'll you'll definitely enjoy it. Um, and want to give definitely give a good shout out to Finisher Wrestling. Uh, because while my wife has been convalescing with her foot, uh, with her foot surgery and me trying to do a lot of the things that 
around the house where it's only me doing it, where, you know, she's not able to help out at all. Uh, when normally, you know, she does, um, I had the guys from finisher wrestling actually reach out and just ask, just, you know, ask me how I'm doing and, you know, just checking in on me. I mean, that's something I really do appreciate, you know, so I want to give those guys a big shout out and big thank you for that. I uh, go check out their show, you know, definitely, you know, another, you know, you're talking about some great wrestling analytical minds and they, they have a really good way of looking at things. And they've had uh, myself and Joylan have been on their show um, a couple times and they've been on our show and it's um, always great talking with those guys. So go check them out. Uh, some other non-wrestling shout outs, of course. Um, always got to give a shout out to true crime cast slash bless our hearts, Jamie and John still doing an excellent job. And they're, they actually have other projects going on as well that they're kind of expanding on. Um, and they're doing all that through Stove Lake Media, which is ran by Nate Metz. Nate Metz is another person who was on uh, the cubicle chat not that long ago. Um, just a, a great dude and one of the most interesting people I think I've ever actually had on a show or ever talked to. I have not actually met him in person, but I have had him on the show. And I actually wrote a story for his uh, Mysteries of the, the Ohio Valley podcast. And But he actually told me about this next one that I'll give a shout out to um, the Nerdcast Empire. Um, if you are into wrestling, which I'm assuming that if you're listening to this podcast, that you probably are into wrestling. If you're into music, metal, you know, heavy metal, hair bands, like, you would also like their show too because they also just talk about music. If you like anime, which I'll be honest with you, um, I don't know a ton about anime. Um, I don't dislike it, but I've just never really gotten into it. But these guys, I mean, they, they talk a lot about um, anime. And even with the discussions, even if it's their, their podcast, like I said, it's called the Nerdcast Empire. I've listened to, um, the majority of their episodes, I think I missed the first couple ones. I'll have to, I will have to go back and listen to their first debuts, but um, even about subjects that I don't know a lot about, I'm still able to to keep up with it sort of, you know, because they keep the conversations interesting. And on their last episode, they actually had listener questions and I had actually sent a question and they actually read it. And so thanks guys. I really appreciate that. And, you know, um, yeah, definitely go check out the Nerdcast Empire and also go check out the Mixtape Podcast. Um, bunch of other, you know, great guys. They actually had me on an episode where we were talking about 1980s heavy metal uh, a few months ago. Had a great time recording with them and, you know, hopefully we can collaborate again. You know, some in the future we have talked about it. It's just a matter of getting everybody's schedules to line up, you know, but hope, hopefully soon, but we'll see. But really, that is all I have right now. Um, like I said, you know, uh, Dwaylon unfortunately couldn't make it because, I mean, his um, when he told me he couldn't hear out of, you know, um, one of his ears at all, he was just totally deaf. I'm like, well, he's only going to hear half the story anyway. So, and he's just really, really just, he just wasn't up to recording tonight. 
you know, but I told him, I said, I'm going to go ahead and go solo since we, you know, we, it's been a while since we recorded and we know, we do know out of sight, out of mind and people forget about you. And, um, right now, since the show has been demonetized, I'm not going to go into that, but we're also looking for sponsors. So if you know anybody who would like to sponsor a podcast, um, or if you would like to sponsor a podcast, please have them reach out, uh, to the show at armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, last but not least, give another shout out to my friend Justin at the TNC Sports Talk. Um, you know, he's also stepped in and helped me out and he's always checking on, uh, me and, and my wife and my family to make sure we're doing okay because, you know, going through kind of hard times with me still not working. But I mean, we're getting by. I mean, I still have money coming in, you know, because I'm retired military. So I have, I do have other sources of income. And my wife, you know, while she's going back to work in a couple of days, she has been able to work while she's been on the mend. Um, and my daughter's up in college and, you know, we're also taking care of our son. And, and so, I mean, it's been a little frazzling, but, it, but I just want to, you know, say thank you to everyone who has been checking up to see how we're doing. I mean, it is really, really greatly appreciated. So, but. Until we can record again, my friends, I just got to say good night and God bless.